Have you ever wondered how a TTRPG real play show comes together or what it's like to juggle multiple podcasts? Well, today I talk with Logan Vaux, fellow podcaster and recent guest DM on our very own 5e real play segment, Chord vs. Cryptid. Logan and I discuss his real play podcast, Lost Legends Tales of Thern, how it all started, how it's going, and you'll get to know the man behind the voice of Big Boots, the magnificent barbarian gnome. So stick around because it's time to get geeky with Kiki. How are you doing today, Master Vo? I'm good. How are you doing, Kiki? I am fantastic. I just want to say this. You guys have done such a great job pulling me into the story and the characters immediately. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. It means a lot. Every one of you meshes together just perfectly. And the fact that there's some intense moments and absolutely hysterical things going on in just the first 10 minutes of that podcast. It was so much fun. And you guys also had me after you made the uh, Zap Brannigan reference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're all kind of nerds. What's interesting, you, you say we, we mesh really well. That first two episodes actually was the first time we all played together as a group together. One of my questions was going to be, did you guys have a zero session? So you guys did you do that? No, we, we originally wanted to, but we were kind of cut for time when things started to roll. So we're, ha, no pun intended there, actually. Um, <laughs> but things, things started to get going. We're like, all right, well, let's do a practice episode. And, the, and then just we had to skip that. And it's like, all right, well, I want to release by this date. So let's just let's go live. You know, let's just do it. Yeah, so we all know each other, except Joey and Sterling, Mag the voice of Magna and Callie don't really know each other that well. They only know each other through me. So it was really their first time kind of meeting. Ben, Alec, and I have all played together before, but it was me as the GM, and we haven't played together since, for like eight years. So that was the first time in a long time him and I, the three of us, got together to RPG. Wow. That impresses me even more, actually, because, yeah, I was going to say, so just so everybody listening knows what we're talking about. Yeah, Ben is your DM slash GM. Mm -hmm. Alec plays Theron. Sterling plays Kalanon or Callie. Joseph is Magna. Yep. And you are the Magnificent Big Boots. Oh, the Magnificent Big Boots. I like that. Magna, Joseph, being mm -hmm. the new guy. So you're telling me that he literally just walked in with that character and was just like, boom. Yeah, yeah. When I was putting together the team of who I wanted on the podcast, I chose Joseph because he had never played any RPG before. And I wanted to see me personally, I want to see him grow as a player and a podcaster, but also wanted the audience to see it as well. So those first couple episodes, you can kind of tell he's a little timid, doesn't really know how to play. But then by episode 10 or 11, he really starts to get the feel of his character, understand his character and just more comfortable in general being on mic and you can really see him open up and i i really have enjoyed watching him grow as a performer and i want the audience to be able to see that also the dynamic between big boots and magna is one of the reasons why i kept listening oh awesome. not that i don't adore everybody else because i do they're all fantastic in their own way but the two of you i just re-listened to episode one again and it made me laugh all over again. It's like, I don't want to spoil anything, but there is this dynamic there that reminded me of a character Master Blaster. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> From Thunderdome, yeah. Yep. <laughs> very, very Master Blaster-ish. I never thought of that. <laughs> that was all organic as well. We didn't plan that interaction. So 
I just kind of went for it and he played along. So it was fantastic. Okay. So that actually answered one of my questions, which was, you know, was that sort of planned at all? But it's just, it just happened. Yeah. Everything's on the spot. When we start a session, Ben's like, all right, this is what happened last time. And we just go, we don't plan anything out. It's really real play. I like to stick to that as much as we can. And I think we do a really good job of making sure everything is in the moment. So going back for just a second, was there any kind of particular inspiration, any other podcasts that you would listen to that you wanted to emulate or you wanted to do something different? So they say in podcasting, you don't want to be like the host you like. You don't want to copy a podcast you like. And as much as every independent podcaster tries to go by that, you end up doing it a little bit, especially with RPG podcasts, which are really popular right now. The one podcast that made me want to really try to do a real play was The Adventure Zone by uh, the My Brother, My Brother and Me podcast. Gotcha. The way they do it is they're they're a family of brothers and a dad, and it's more comedy based, more story based. I listen to a couple other tabletop RPG podcasts, and they're really more like rule lawyers is what they call it and very combat heavy. So it was a little little difficult to listen to. I would usually stop after a couple of episodes, but with Adventure Zone, they were more story based and just more comedy based. And I love that. And I just love that idea. So that's kind of where the inspiration for Roll for Damage came from. And it works because I am not someone who wants to sit there and listen to three hours of getting ready for the fight. Right, exactly. And who wants to listen to an hour and a half, two hours of, okay, uh, roll your die for hitting and like, okay, you hit him. Okay, now your turn. You know, it's just when I started the podcast and I went to Ben to be the DM. Interesting enough, I had never played with him as a DM, which I mentioned before. So I didn't fully know his style, but I, I had faith in him as a person that he could pull it off of. Let's make this more story based. Let's do good character backgrounds. And if you could make me cry as a player, let's fucking do it. Yes. Slight spoiler, eventually in the season, I do cry on Mike. Um, yeah, so he knocks it out of the park, making it story driven. And if he ever does an interview like we do in the top five, he says he wants to make it story driven, which he does great at. Yes, like I am there. And Ben's actually going to be on this show, probably airing right after yours, like the week, the Ooh, next spoilers. week. Uh, just, a, just a tad, right? Because he has written all of this, right? This is like a world that he created. Yeah, it's a homebrew world for sure. Yeah, so that makes it even more interesting to me because that is something that I definitely want to get into. Myself. I'm technically homebrewed forever, but not put it out there. So you talked about how Big Boots is magnificent. Uh, interesting anecdote. So of all my friends in real life who listen, I'm like, oh, hey, do you, do you listen to the show? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I love the show. Uh, my favorite character is a, a Magna or Callie. And I'm like, I'm not your favorite character. Big Boots isn't. I'm your real life friend. You don't even know those hobos. But, you know, you're going to you're going to say I'm not your favorite. They're like, oh, no, no. Fuck Big Boots. Like, oh, all right. All right. Thank you. Wow. Wow. It's difficult to talk about Big Boots and not give away too many spoilers. He gets a lot of stuff done. That is one of the questions I have. Were you surprised by exactly how much you were able to accomplish in just the first nine episodes. So something huge happens in the first nine or 10 episodes that we're still feeling the effects of into episode 20 into the season finale. I was absolutely surprised. Ben kind of let me 
take the ball and run with it a little bit. Let me have creative freedom, I suppose, within his world. I guess there's a few huge things that happen, but like there's one monumental one I'm thinking of. Uh, even to a lesser extent of episode four, something big happens, six, seven. So yeah, he just, he kind of just let me have free reign in his world and he, he just kind of rolls with it and makes me deal with the consequences, which is a lot of fun also. Yes, consequences. <laughs> there are a lot of them. <laughs> so how long was Big Boots like inside your head before you decided to create this character? Or was it just like, boom, happening? So he starts off as a gnome barbarian and then goes into Bard. The character, I actually played Big Boots on another campaign off mic. It was a 3.5 game instead of a 5e game, which is what we play here. And that Big Boots was kind of the same idea. It's based off Joey and I's mutual friend. I just kind of turned him up to 11 and kind of added my own flair of my own personality in there. So it's kind of an amalgamation of him and I just turned up. And then that campaign, I played him much more chaotic neutral than in this. In that campaign, he was pretty much kidnapping people to start a cult. And the DM in that game let me have free reign with that as well. And then that campaign just kind of fizzled out after about 10 or 11 sessions. So I was like, man, I just I loved that character, Big Boots. He was so much fun to play. I think I can make him into a more likable version. Just made him more relatable, more likable, I guess. Well, I think he's likable. So well, thank you. Is there anything else that you want to add? We're making it more story based. Honestly, interesting story. We record episodes two or three at a time. That first session recorded the first two episodes and I almost lost them because my hard drive crashed. Oh. So you notice a slight increase on sound quality between the, the second and third episode. So if you can kind of get through that. And then also, like I said, it was our first time playing together as a group. So I feel maybe the first two episodes are kind of maybe awkward-ish maybe the the listener doesn't notice and i just notice but it, you know really if you give it a, if they give the show a try you give it three episodes at least because the story really kicks off after the third episode and that's when i think you'll fall in love with the show or in your case after the first episode yeah yeah i like i said i enjoy the story it didn't take very long for me personally to start cackling and being like the, these guys are funny and i enjoy that too yeah, there are definitely some serious moments in the first 10 episodes, but for, for the most part, you guys are having a blast and I can tell that you're having fun and then I have fun. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's a ton of fun. You just said that you were breaking this into seasons. So mm -hmm. what is the last number going to be then? Is it is it 21 or for this season? Yeah. Once you get into a little further into the uh, series, I, I do a little social cut in where I plug social media and stuff. And then now we're on the network. I plug the network. I kind of leave it ambiguous of how many episodes we have between 23 and 25. I'll leave it at that of how many episodes are in the season. When you did your interview with Top 5 of Death, mm -hmm. I discovered that you and I, we worked somewhere in common. Okay, where did we work? We both worked in a comic book shop. Oh, nice. Yeah. Obviously different ones. But um, yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, fellow comic book nerd. Yes. Yes, huge comic book nerd. That's where I met Ellie, actually. She was the manager of the comic book store, and I kind of snuck in and was like, give me a job. And she's like, you're cute, yeah. And then we started dating after that. Ellie is my co-host on Sleep with the Light On. Yes, I was just going to say that's Andrew, which I guess you've known Andrew for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Since high school, so 10 years. And then Ellie, who, by the way, I just, I think that we're, we should be best friends because she likes a lot of the same movies that I do. Really? All the yeah. weird, weird horrible 70s movies that and she does the foreign films mm -hmm. you guys are going to be doing the hosts on sleep with the light on and that is one of my favorite movies 
So I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I'd never even heard of it. A lot of these movies that Ellie brings for the show, I've never even heard of. And some of them Andrew hasn't even seen. That's what's fun, because Andrew's supposed to be an all, another huge horror nerd. And some of these Ellie, Ellie brings, he's never heard of. So it's been kind of fun for both of us to, to learn. So the concept of Sleep with the Light on is Ellie and Andrew are huge horror super fans. And I haven't seen any horror movies because I was terrified as a child to see them. So now that I'm 30, we're kind of going back and, and they're showing me these movies. We review them. And you had said, now you're just a terrified 30 something. Yes, I'm a terrified 30 year old child now. Yes. <laughs> so far, what you reviewed, what's your favorite movie that you've, I say, had to watch? Forced, forced to watch? No. Yeah, uh, forced to watch, watch. So when I get asked that, what's my favorite movie? And then what's my favorite episode? They're very different. My favorite movie we've watched, and it's the only movie I've rewatched from the 25, 26 years that we've done is The Thing. I love The Thing. That was such a good movie. Yes. Yeah, The Thing is awesome. So you see references to it throughout pop culture, but I never really knew what it was. But to see the origin of those things is so cool because it's like, oh, that's where that reference from like that TV show I saw 10 years is from. Okay, well, that's awesome. All right. That is, if not my number one movie, is definitely in my top five of all time movies definitely my number one as far as a horror movie goes i loved everything about it even as a kid because i was actually like alive when it came out so oh, okay <laughs> I'm, like, I'm i'm old you're dating yourself here uh, it's fine whatever i don't I, <laughs> I think i mentioned it with someone else too oh in my I, I did an interview with someone else and i was being interviewed and they were oh women don't like to tell their age i was like i don't care i don't look like i'm as old as i am so it's fine plus i know a lot of stuff <laughs> Hell yeah. Excellent choice in your movie. But you have a favorite episode, though, that's not the same. No, my favorite episode from season one is probably it. The movie was fine, but I think that episode's really good. He's, that's the episode where Andrew kind of comes out of his shell a little more. He's more comfortable on Mike and has more fun with it. And then we just did Night of the Living Dead last month. And I think that was a really, really good episode as well. I need to get a little bit caught up on that. I got up to The Witch that you guys did. Mm -hmm. Which was a good movie, too. I think that's probably my second favorite movie we, we've watched. I enjoyed that. And I liked the conversation you guys had about if you believed magic was real or not. Mm -hmm. where, where do you stand on that? Well, <laughs> I thought it was hysterical that you were like, oh, I dabbled in chaos magic. And I'm like, I dabble in chaos magic. Oh, nice. All right. JC and I have talked about this a lot on Mission Spooky, which is that it is all about the power of your own mind making things happen. Okay. You know, if you get that enough, even enough people or you you have that like positive can do attitude towards whatever you want to happen. The items that you're using in Chaos Magic, for example, it those are just like a vehicle. You're creating your own universe almost. It's mm -hmm. it's really weird and messed up and strange. But JC doesn't believe uh, that any of that's possible. So that's interesting. I'm kind of on the fence. I dabbled a little bit in Chaos Magic, like I mentioned in that episode. And then I kind of stopped because I'm like, all right, it kind of works for me, but it kind of doesn't. But I'm not sure if I fully believe. So maybe that's why it's not working all the way. But Ellie is is a huge believer in magic. She doesn't do chaos magic, just kind of like she calls herself like a low grade witch is what she calls herself. I, I, lo I love that, too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> she's great. Um, she kind of says magic's like a cat, you know, like you can call for it all you want, but if it's going to ignore you, it's going to ignore you. But, you know, if if you you know show it some love and care, it, it will come up and sit on your lap once in a while and be a friend or it could bite you in the hand if you annoy it. 
because I was a huge skeptic of everything before we started dating. She's kind of like opened my mind quite a bit to things like that. She did like a tarot card reading for me at the beginning of the year. She's like, hey, you know, you want to do a big like 12 card poll for your year? See what your year's going to have? I'm like, all right, sure. Yeah, whatever. And it was incredibly positive. She's like, holy shit. Like usually no one's poll is this positive. So, you know, she broke it down like, well, this is what podcasting is going to do for you this year. And this is what your work life and your health and everything's going to do for you. And it was all super positive. And so far it's been pretty much working out the way she said. So the way I attribute that is like you said, it's positive reinforcement. If you put forth that effort, it'll come true. And that's how I've kind of approach like okay so the card said i could have a really good year let's work towards that and it like kind of inspired me to have a good year regardless of the whole pandemic thing my personal life has been pretty good right so far yeah. so yeah i like that analogy like you and i kind of have that same feeling of you know if you put it forth it'll be good for you if you put in the effort ellie's like right on with the cat thing you can't say it any better if you put something in it you're probably gonna get something out of it just make sure that it's positive mm-hmm. i always i always tell people that with with anything that you're doing i'm like as long as you're thinking positive you know, don't be like oh i'm gonna murder this person no yeah that's terrible no you shouldn't do that <laughs> don't bad. be hexing motherfuckers well okay hold on <laughs> <laughs> who, who are we hexing <laughs> well, there's a, i have a list but we're not gonna talk about that right now that's what jc always says too he's like i have a list like, <laughs> am i am i on it <laughs> not yet not yet anything else you want to tell us about sleep with the light on so that was my very first podcast that i did we've been doing it a little over a year now probably a year and a half actually and that one it we were all learning at the same time so i would say honestly if you give it a try skip the first five episodes even if you like a movie in there uh and just pick a movie that you like because honestly those first five episodes were really rough we had a whole different mic set up we've upgraded sound quality immensely since then and just have learned to grow from there so yeah find a movie five and up that you like and just give that one a try yeah i kind of feel that way about mission spooky if i could go back and redo like the first three episodes that'd be yeah, that's the, that's the thing about podcasting when you start out. It's like your first couple are going to suck. That's just that's just a fact. But it like a lot of new listeners, those are the ones they go to. It's like, no, please, please don't. No, try try like episode 15 or something like instead. Yeah, I, I've been pushing people from like episode 10 on. Yeah, we changed the format in 10 and added our local musicians segment too. oh, cool. So. Yeah, it's complete. It's just kind of completely different. Well, I think we we did our review of Hellier. Have you watched that yet? Hellier? Uh, yes. Of how much attention I paid to it. I'm kind of a bad person at like watching stuff because like I'll have it on the background when I'm doing stuff or, you know, I'm just playing on my phone and I kind of like breeze through season one, not even realizing it. And then I'm like, as I'm starting to pay attention, like, oh, what the hell's going on? This is like really wild. And I realize it's like halfway through season two. I'm like, oh, all right, I have to go back and rewatch this because this is getting like really interesting. Because when I first watched it, I thought I thought it was a mockumentary. I didn't know it was a real documentary that they actually did. I was like, oh, all right, now let's go back and watch this with serious eyes. Yes, please just go back and watch it again. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. And when you're finished. At some point, I'll ask you the million dollar question on that one, which is how many synchronicities have you had in the last 24 hours? (laughs) Crazy. It is a crazy show. A lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be doing our little five questions that we're always going to ask everybody at the end of every interview. Okay. So the first one is, since I do know that you like comics, Mm -hmm. do you have a favorite superhero? Hmm. That's a really interesting question, Kiki. So do you want... Marvel or DC? I love the fact that you already, as well as I do, I, I have 
completely separate likes for Marvel and DC. So yeah, keep them separate because I want to know that. Okay, so Marvel is really easy. I grew up a Marvel fanboy. Easiest one to say, Nova. Both Richard Ryder and Sam Alexander. They are my favorite Marvel superheroes, for sure. Because I grew up in that early 90s, late 80s. That's when the new Warriors were coming out and Nova had his run. And as I was growing up and learning comics, I wanted more of that. So I found old Nova comics. I guess like at that time, they would have been 10 years old. So Richard Ryder Nova is fantastic. Love him. And then when I worked at the comic book store, Sam Alexander Nova came out and I'm like, oh, hell yeah, a new Nova and just fell in love with that character. That story of that first arc is really, really good. So 100% Nova. Awesome. I am also more of a Marvel than a DC because my first was X-Men. Yeah, I, I read a lot of X-Men as a kid, too. It was early 80s, though, X-Men. So Storm was my was my first favorite. But anyway, nice. I digress. What's your DC? So as an adult now, after working at the comic store, I actually am more of a DC fan than Marvel. So I kind of got away from my nostalgia for Marvel. DC gets complicated. I have to say probably just the Green Lantern universe in general as part of the DC, because I don't know what my favorite Green Lantern is, because I love each of them for different reasons. Hal Jordan, Kyle Reiner. I even like Guy Gardner. That's how much of a nerd I am. I really like Guy Gardner. Guy Gardner might be my favorite Green Lantern, but just the whole universe of of the different color lantern cores. But I also I love Shazam. I love Constantine. I love Superman and Hawkman. So I, it's hard to pick a favorite for DC. It is a hard question for anybody who is already a comic book fan. Mm -hmm. You're going to have multiple levels of of your love for different things and reasons why. So, no, that's cool. Green Lantern is a very interesting kind of like universe in itself. You're right. Yeah. But then like probably my favorite comic book storyline has been darkest night and brightest day those were fantastic that's that's the storyline that got me back into comics after not reading for probably eight years or so i was not working in the shop at the time but my husband wound up running over and grabbing like that whole series when it was coming out and then it trickled down to me through him saying i know you're not a huge green lantern fan but i think you might enjoy this and yeah awesome great choices man yeah it's a fantastic series do you have a movie that you could watch like a million times? I have two. If that's OK, can I cheat a little bit and say two? Yeah, that's fine. OK. Robocop. Absolutely love Robocop on Sleep with the Light on. Andrew and I are huge Robocop nerds. So there's some episodes where we end up like stop talking about the movie we watched and just talk about Robocop. The, the original, not the remake from a couple of years ago. I never saw right, that. Right, right. Um, and then Monty Python's Holy Grail. Dude, I have to tell you something. Hit me. I went to Catholic school and we had an art teacher who and this is how long ago i was in high school we we still had like the vhs recorder thing mm -hmm. he brought monty python's the holy grail to catholic school Ooh. we watched it every single day while we were in art class every day <laughs> so that's awesome for me uh, how what's your opinion on the movie then oh dude i i can quote it <laughs> all right all right I don't know if it was a situation where like, well, I'm a good Catholic girl. Of course, I hated it. <laughs> we just talked about me doing chaos magic. <laughs> true, true. Well, in high school, you could have been a good Catholic girl, you know. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was the most hysterical thing I'd ever seen in my life. And the fact that we just kept putting it, putting the VHS tape back in like every day. We couldn't get enough of that movie. It was fantastic. 
if, if you discover that movie at the right time at the right age, it kind of blows your mind of how fantastic it is. I saw it for the first time I was 15. I couldn't stop watching it. And I showed all my friends. Everyone just fell in love with it within my friend circle and my school. The whole school was kind of taken over by Monty Python. And I, I even like the Flying Circus. Like I was so pumped when a few months ago they added the Flying Circus and stuff to Netflix. Like, oh, hell yeah. There's a lot of it that's rough, but some of it is so good on the Flying Circus. It's a special kind of person that likes Monty Python. I think mm -hmm. we're a niche <laughs> group. <laughs> All right. So do you have a favorite author? Favorite author? I don't read a lot of actual books. And what I do read, it's historical nonfiction. I'm kind of a boring person like that. So like I really liked Devil in the White City or the Mothman Prophecies as much nonfiction you want to call that and then there's a rasputin book i really enjoyed other than that i don't read a ton right now i'm reading a book about a local cryptid from iowa that i'm really enjoying that's by chad lewis i'm gonna look up a couple of his other books hopefully i'm gonna have him on swolo for a bonus episode interview someday if you want to count comic book writers as authors absolutely Jason Aaron, I think, is fantastic. His work on the Thor series was fantastic. And then also Jeff Johns for his work on Brightest Day, Darkest Night. And then yep. he just did uh, the Doomsday series that just finished up a month or two ago. That's really good. And that's kind of like a universe turning event also. So I think Jeff Johns is really, really good. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I don't think that we've done our Iowa episode on Mission Spooky. So what is this cryptid? The Van Meter Visitor. No, you know, I don't know that one. No one except people from Iowa knew him for the longest time, but now he's starting to get some traction. I think Lore did a quick little bit on him and then Astonishing Legends podcast talked about him a little bit. So I was like, holy hell. All right. He's getting a little more mainstream. So basically the small town of Van Meter, Iowa, it's right outside Des Moines, which Des Moines is in the heart of the state. In 1903, this weird creature just appeared in this small town and kind of terrorized it for like four days. At night, at one o'clock, it would just show up in the street, make horrible sounds and like peek into people's houses. And the whole town was like terrified. And the local paper wrote about it. So eventually the townspeople got fed up with it and found out it was living in an abandoned mine outside of town. So the whole town like got their guns and shot at it, but it didn't do anything to the creature. And it's like, oh, OK. And it just kind of walked back into the mine. That's the end of the story. That's what's wild. Because I always thought, oh, they chased it out of town. But I'm reading the book. It literally ends with, we don't know what they did. Did they blow up the mine? We don't know. Credible witnesses saw this. A mayor of the town reported seeing it. And local business owners, the whole town was in a frenzy over this. And then just information just stops on it. So that's what's so fascinating is reading this, reading this book about it. Because I thought I knew the story of how well they break it down and go into the history of it. It's even more fascinating than I thought. And the description of the creature is it kind of looks like a pterodactyl, but with like a flashlight on its head. Because it talks about how, you know, like, oh, it looks like this weird bat winged creature that's like eight feet tall but it shined a light in people's eyes and it's like oh it looked like an electric lamp it's like oh yeah it's 1903 there wasn't a lot of flashlights around back then yeah, okay so basically you, you just need to come on an episode of mission spooky and talk about this oh hell yeah i will for <laughs> sure <laughs> okay favorite musician this one might be really hard too hmm. if you asked me three years ago two years ago i would have a very decisive answer now it's a little more muddled. My girlfriend Ellie has really gotten into K-hip-hop, Korean hip-hop. Uh-huh. And riding around in the car with her, I've been forced to listen to Korean hip-hop. And there's this one artist that I absolutely am... I, I'm in love with, I guess. I don't know. I stan this 
K-pop artist, or he's not K-pop, K-hip-hop, because he's Korean-American and I'm Vietnamese-American. So within hip-hop, Asians aren't really popular in mainstream, especially here in America, but he's signed to Jay-Z's label in America, then owns his own labels in Korea. His name is Jay Park. He's he's kind of like my inspiration the last couple of years because he's like, yeah, just if you want to do something, just go do it, whether you suck at it or not. And that's kind of what inspired me to do podcasting. He says that he does it all for Korean Americans and Asian Americans to prove that like, hey, we're we're kind of a maligned race in America. Like, you know, you're only allowed to do a few certain things, but, you know, break the mold and go out and, you know, do your own thing. And I'm like, oh, hell yeah, that's awesome. So I just say Jay Park. If it was two years ago, I would say Dan Soupy Campbell from the Wonder Years. It's a, a pop punk band from Philadelphia, which you're from that area. So maybe you know them. If not, I am. Okay. And I... Now I have to look them up because what the heck, man? How do I not know about a punk band? Yeah, yeah. I, they're one of my favorites. I have a tattoo of their mascot on my leg. I, I love the Wonder Years, but yeah. Dan Soupy Campbell or Jay Park, my favorite artist. And now I'm going to go look up Jay Park. And this is this is why I ask these questions, because then I get I get to hear new things that I'd never hear and people I've never heard of before. So hell yeah. All right, Logan. Last one. What's your favorite word? <sighs> Probably fuck. I say fuck an awful lot. I, I guess I'm kind of that edgy teenager that never grew out of saying fuck every other word. I can't wait as this progresses because I'm pretty sure that like fuck is like everybody's favorite word. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, it's so useful. It's it's everything. It's a noun. It's an adverb. It's an adjective. It's, you know, it's everything. Yeah, you can use it. It's a, as SpongeBob said, it's a sentence enhancer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, dude, you are killing it with everything that you've been doing. Thank you. Talking about, you know, breaking molds and just going for it. I'm super excited to see what happens next. You are welcome back anytime. And like I said, if you would love to talk some cryptid spookiness over on Mission Spooky, we'd love to have you over there too. Hell yeah. I'm a big cryptid nerd, so I can talk on and on about cryptids. Hell yeah. Have me back on. I'll gladly do it. Cool. Well, thank you again, Logan, so much for joining me. Well, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining me today. Don't forget to check out Logan's podcasts, Lost Legends, Tales of Thern, a real play D&D 5e podcast, Sleep with the Light on Horror and Paranormal podcast, and his brand new Kaiju podcast, Destroy All Podcasts. If you like what you hear, please give us a like and subscribe on Podchaser, YouTube, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Mission Spooky. As always, guys, watch all the things, read all the things, and good luck on your dice rolls.